Can you ima- Can you just imagine how incredible that would be if you if if that was one of those things you could actually say on a podcast? Yeah, no kidding. Welcome, everyone, to the CavsCorner.com podcast. CavsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place of Franklin State's in the west end of Richmond, where it is Tuesday, September the 28th, as we record this show. Obviously, Virginia's game on Thursday night this week. And uh, as my compatriots on this here program reminded me uh, yesterday, like, hey, you kind of want to do this a day early, right? Like, oh, yeah, that's right. So we are recording this early because that's what happens when the team plays on Thursday nights. Um it didn't happen when they played on Friday, but I guess Thursday's the, you know, we can't abide that. Uh, we're going to talk about said game on Friday, that um, uh, 37 to 13 uh, loss to Wake Forest um, on Friday night. We will talk about sort of where things are for the Cavaliers right now, um, given the issues we've seen on defense and, and obviously the fact that their offense is not going to be able to, to sustain uh, the way maybe we thought they might. And then we will preview the matchup Thursday night in Miami Gardens against the Hurricanes. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First up in Fisherville, David Spence is back on the show. How's it going, my friend? Going pretty good, all things considered. Um, who days on the board at who days on Twitter? And up in Loudon, staff writer Justin Ferber is also on the program. What's going on, my dude? Just short week after short week over here. I don't know what's going on, but um, one of these has to turn into a long week, I guess. On the back end. <laughs> That's a very good point. That's a very good point. At Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. And managing editor Damon Dillman from Charlotte was also on the podcast this here evening. Damon, how's it going? How how are how are you enjoying the two and two start? Oh, I tell you what, it's it's a thrill a minute. It's it's just I mean it's, it's a first down so minute, that's for sure. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> for the other yeah. team. For everybody. Um you gotta do the you got to do your Twitter handle, Damon, or the oh, podcast screeches to a halt. There it is. Cavs Corner also, also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner, great place for the in-game updates to content items. And on Sunday mornings, randomly, or maybe, was that Sunday morning, Saturday morning? I decided to, once again, tell everybody how to tweet, as that one guy told me from his burner account. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about Wake Forest. Um, 10 to nothing after one, 20 to three at the half. Uh, both teams scoring a couple touchdowns in the third and, and really not a whole lot going on in the fourth. Uh, game did not play out the way basically anybody thought except Damon had picked um, Wake to win. Um, is Dave, let's start with you. Is Friday night's result a function of Virginia's not just not very good or is this a team where you can see them fixing a couple things here and there and kind of getting in the conversation of, you know, being good, decent, what have you. Where, where do you think they are right now? I, I don't know. That, I mean, it depends on your definition of good. Could they make a bowl? Yeah, but it's going to be tough now. Um, look, they've got enough pieces where if, if everything clicked, they could they can beat anybody left on their schedule. Um, but look, they just, they just aren't there right now. Um, 
And let's not take anything from Wake. That's a really good team they played. Um, just so I don't forget to say it later, like if they had played this game, five, you know, if Virginia won a couple games going into this one and that result happened, I don't know if it would have like stung as bad as it did because it happened after the Carolina debacle. Because I, th- I just think you got out executed by a really good team. Yeah, it definitely seemed like to me as this one unfolded that, you know, I, I've always, I mean, how many times on this podcast have I said, you know, the team that has the stuff together, right? I mean, typically, you know, unless you're talking about like really good teams, the, you know, kind of Clemson teams of the old, that kind of thing, right? But more often than not, especially in the Coastal Division, whichever team has its stuff together that day is is usually the team that wins. And in this game, it was very apparent really, really early that Wake was that team. Um, I, I thought they were really well prepared. Uh, I thought they played at a high level. I thought they did a great job of sort of exposing UVA's weaknesses. Um, defensively, I thought, you know, the way that they got after Brennan Armstrong, I know some of that's coverage related. I know some of that's just because, you know, the, the stuff downfield wasn't there. But I also think that, you know, a lot of what Wake did in the front, I thought it, it's <laughs> Virginia's going to see a lot of that stuff going forward, I think. Um, and then, you know, offensively, I mean, heck, Wake could have done pretty much anything it wanted at different times. Uh, Damon, as you look at this team, where where do you fall on that spectrum? Do you feel like this is a, 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 a team that's a handful of tweaks away from being pretty good? Or do you just think that, you know, a lot of us, myself included, sort of, you know, over-calculated uh, on not just going into the season, but also especially after that Illinois game. What's your what's your vibe right now on, on where this team I, is? Even if they had lost on Friday night, I would have felt a whole lot better after that game if the defense hadn't essentially, in a lot of ways, picked up where picked up where it left off in the uh, in the Carolina loss. Just the fact that a- after I know it was a short week, but but we heard so much talk about the urgency and wanting to tweak things. And then wake just goes out and does the same thing Carolina did for pretty much the entire game prior where the defense just could not get off the field, could not get a stop on third down, could not get that big play, that big yard eating play to put them in a third and long, to put them in a second and long, to make it, to force a turnover on third down and flip the field. It's, it's until I mean I'm at the point now with this team, especially defensively, where I feel like until until they prove it, they that you can't give them the benefit of the doubt that they're going to fix this because it just it you hear the talk this week about how yeah we look better, but I mean better was still giving up 37 points and allowing Wake to score on the first seven possessions. A lot of the things, a lot of the things that we hear coming out of UVA like this week and last week is reminiscent of the stuff we heard in 2016. And that's not a good comparison to be making in year six of the Bronco Mendenhall program. Bronco himself, to his credit said after the game, um, effort isn't enough anymore. And that, that I think is a coming from Bronco. I think that's a tremendous message that needs to get put out there because for the longest time, will before skill is plastered everywhere, all over the place in the McHugh center. It's one of the, one of the core values, one of the core mantras of this program, but they still need that skill to catch up to the will. And there's no questioning the effort. No one has questioned anyone's effort. It's just the execution isn't there. And I, I think I'm at the point where until that execution shows up, like I said, you just can't give them the benefit of the doubt anymore. Ferber, same question to you. Where do you, where do you fall on the spectrum? 
Yeah, I mean, I think Damon hit a lot of the big stuff. Um, I would say I think they played better than they did against North Carolina in the margin, so to speak. Like, Damon's right. I think the things that plagued them against Carolina, a lot of them anyway, plagued them again. You know, just third down conversion after third down conversion allowed. Um, not creating enough. And I think this is probably their biggest problem is not creating enough negative plays to help you out when maybe your run defense isn't playing so well. Your pass defense gives up a few big plays. You know, you saw it on the other side um, where, you know, Armstrong gets sacked on first and 10 and it's like the drive is killed. Um, UVA needs to start making plays like that on defense or it's going to be, you know, an uphill battle in every game. Um, yeah, at that. And then, and then you know, I think it's been touched on this week. Um, the uncharacteristic penalties for the second week in a row, just like beating yourselves. You know, a few times they did get off the field or they did make enough plays to kind of um, – put themselves in a position to maybe get off the field and they, this, there'd be a bad penalty in the secondary or something. Um, so that's got to be cleaned up. You know, you can't, it's a small thing in the grand scheme of things, but they dropped two picks. One of them I think was right before a touchdown in the end zone. And another one was on another big drive later in the game. Like, it, you know, not being able to create turnovers, not being able to create sacks, TFLs, um, force a penalty or two of your own. Like that stuff is what's killing them right now, and 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 they're not able to win the straight up matchups on defense enough to um, counteract the fact that they're not creating negative plays, and that's that's a huge problem. Um, and, and you know, Damon was just mentioning like will over skill, and will's not enough anymore. Like that's on the coaches. I thought they got out coached pretty badly yeah. um, by Wake. I thought Clawson, and and this is to Clawson's credit. I mean, a lot of coaches get out coached by him, but I, they he put them in a position where, like, before the snap, I was reading stuff, and I was like, oh, this is going to go to in the slot because they have the matchup. Or, uh, oh, yeah, this defensive look is set up terribly to defend this play that he just called. A lot of really good calls at the right time. So, yeah, Dave's right. They definitely deserve credit, and, and I think they're going to be a team that wins, like, nine games. Um, but UVA's just got to be better, and I think that starts schematically to try to fix what's broken whether that's going back to a three, four or something else, because this clearly isn't working against any team with a pulse. Yeah. You get the sense. I mean, look, they gave up 473 yards against the Deeks, right? Only 270 of it, you know, in the air. And what's been interesting is, is we talked so much right in the, uh, in the, after last season, especially in the preseason this year, you know, about the secondary and about the numbers. And if you start looking at sort of what Virginia has already surrendered this year, Basically, it's just the last two games. Those first two games are almost like they feel so far away right now. I mean, Wake comes in. I mean, I, you know, for Wake to put up 473 yards to to win by 20, Virginia doesn't lose very often at home, right? Um, you know, they're getting 15.9 per completion. You know, they're they're uh, five of five in the red zone. Um, it, it just, it, you know, there were no turnovers. It was just one of those like, yeah, Brennan Armstrong. Hold on one second, Dave. Like Brendan Armstrong might have been good, but it wasn't good enough. And you're not if you can't if you can't do this against good teams that are just solid, right? You're not doing it against like the really talented guys like Sam Howell and such, right? They're in for a world of hurt. You look at the rest of the schedule. What were you going to say, Damon? Go ahead. I was just going to say that those numbers against Wake Forest would be even worse 
if they hadn't called off the dogs those last couple of ah, possessions. That's very that's a really good point. That's a really would, good point. They could have easily been over 500, 550 if they hadn't. Yeah. Just they had three three and outs in a row to end the game. Yeah. Um, after and you was, hadn't forced a punt in like almost two full games. And it was pretty clear that they had taken their foot off the gas. Yeah, they ran three dives in a row. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I um I feel like in the big scheme of things, you know, Every, if, I don't want to say every season, but just about every season, it feels like there's a recalibration point, right? And I think this game was it. Like Carolina, you know what? Carolina puts up a whole, you know, just a bunch of yards. Virginia can't stop them. Okay, fine. But Brendan Armstrong's out there just, you know, keeping pace basically. He throws for 554, such and such, right? Virginia had 570-some yards of total offense. The fact that they gave up 700, you know, seemed bad. Right, and then they give up four seventy three to Wake the next week. I think that that moment, you know, that that apex, it came um, somewhere in that you know first half um, uh, against the Deeks. And I and I look I look ahead, right? Um, Virginia now obviously gets Miami on Thursday, which we'll talk about in a minute. Then they get to go to Louisville before they get Duke and Georgia Tech at home. Now I don't know if anybody's watched Duke or Georgia Tech, but Duke maybe not quite as terrible as we thought. Um, Georgia Tech much better than I thought. Um, they get to go to BYU, they get Notre Dame, they go to Pitt, and they get Virginia Tech. Dude, find me a handful of wins in that bunch, you know? Um, especially because now you now you have a sense of what the reality is like on the ground, right? You can look at the schedule and you can say, oh, Georgia Tech's going to be a much tougher out than, than we probably thought. Um, and I'll take the blame on that one. I mean, I, I think in the preseason, I, I don't think I really gave them much of a look. I don't have the sheet in front of me right yet, but I'm pretty sure that I picked Virginia to beat them pretty sandily, uh, so- soundly. Um, but now, I mean, shoot, everything seems to be sort of, uh, out the window. Um, Ferber, I think mentioned, you know, the scheme, the, the, the three, three, five Dave in, do you, do you expect, all right, one, do you expect any changes Thursday night? And then two, if not, um, when, do, when do you think that gets addressed or do you think they're just going to ride with it throughout the rest of the season? Yeah. There's no way you're seeing significant changes Thursday night. I mean, you know, they played a late game Friday and we, we know they don't do a lot on Sunday and they leave tomorrow night, basically. So it was a short week. If you watch the Wake game, um, you know, again, because you couldn't have seen it live, you know, because especially if you're a fan, right? We, we have that discussion every week, but they did make some adjustments against Wake. They played a lot more zone against Wake than they did against Carolina. They had four guys at the lawn quite a bit. Um, Hunter Stewart, Elliot Brown were up there. Um, so, I mean, they made some tweaks, but did it help? Not really. I mean, they tackled much better. Um, I, I kind of sent you guys a text this morning about that PAFF grade. But, yeah, they, they did tackle much better. It's just they were not in position to tackle more than they were against Carolina. So there was a trade-off. And, you know, Ferber and I uh, sit down behind the goalpost now. He's not in the press box. And there were several times Friday night where Wake would get him with the pace and – you can just tell this defense is not second nature, even with Joey in the back, you know, it's been in the system for a while and all, you know, Nick Jackson kind of knowing the system, you know, knowing Virginia's system, not necessarily three, three, five. There were plays where wake was snapping the ball and we still had dudes pointing at each other about where they're, where they're going. Um, so whatever it takes, like to me, my take home message was, look, it's, if anything, you got to simplify this, um, you know, cut back on the number of calls you got, make it, make it simpler. 
if, if that means playing zone, you know, playing a shell and just keeping stuff in front of you at this point with this defense on a short week, that might be the answer. Uh, and then you can try to, if you're going to tweak anything, do it in that little mini buy you get this weekend after traveling home. But yeah, <laughs> something's got to change, but you know, if you just go back and watch the film, like, I like some of the tweaks they made, but if your defensive line just gets dominated every play, and they did, like it, you know, they got absolutely manhandled most of the game. Um, and the cornerback, like I thought, Johnson had a really good game. He was in position. He had a couple of bad breaks, you know, going to break up a pass early on third down, and just kind of nipped his hand and went for a first. And um, and the, like I said, the team tackled better. It's just that's not enough. Um, and the, the one thing that's kind of sticking to me the last couple of games, other than the penalties and, <laughs> and the yardage given up, is that like we're just not seeing complimentary football, right? Like they're this team, the offense, I think the defense could potentially have a little bit less pressure on them, but you know, they've been playing from behind against two very good offenses the last two weeks. So um some of it, you know, obviously it's their fault. They're giving up the points, but if the, if the offense could just get started a little earlier and give the defense a little bit of cushion, maybe we'd see some improvement. But, yeah, I mean, it's kind of disappointing when you think about the number of veterans on that defense that we're having this discussion. One thing that was frustrating for me watching the last two weeks unfold is that in a lot of ways, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like if the three three five was hidden, this should have been games where it, was a good thing right like you would think right if the three through five was the answer um it was they switched to it for these two games like i mean I, not these two games only but this right, was yeah, the reason exactly right yeah <laughs> so like for that for it to look as bad as it looked in the two in the basically against the two sort of offenses you're you're almost not almost exclusively but that, that's that's exactly what it's you know what i mean like that's exactly the thing you're supposed to be stopping i can't imagine how um you know, frustrating that must be for players, coaches alike. Um, what's interesting, I guess, Damon, as as we look ahead, is that if you're going to look for for fixes, the fact that there are so many experienced players in all this, um, you know, if they want to kind of go back to what they've done, there should be at least some. Um, I don't know, maybe training wheels is the wrong description but it shouldn't be quite as much of a of a shock right i understand they've been practicing this even though they didn't talk about it publicly for a long long time i get that and i understand that you know bouncing from scheme to scheme or at least your base um you know they can talk all they want publicly about like oh we want to be versatile like when it comes to what you're practicing and, and sort of who's doing the what um there's a lot that goes into that right so it feels like that if they're going to make a change, there's a lot of pride involved. And certainly, um, I you know, I understand how tough that can be. But I feel like because of the experience level of the defense, because a lot of these guys came back and they have experience, you know, sort of in the old world, getting back to that might not necessarily be quite as um, as painful, so to speak, right, as as it would be if the, if the group was new. Do you think that a switch back to the 3-4 – is imminent and if so do you feel like it'll help i don't necessarily think by imminent i don't think we're going to see it on thursday i think it makes a whole lot more sense like dave said after this game on thursday you don't play again for almost a week and a half and if you're going to start tweaking things that's probably 
the especially this time of year without the benefit of a full bye week that's probably the time to do it but uh i mean it it, it couldn't be to be blunt i don't know could it be much worse than the way they're playing right now if they were, were to go back to that i think the biggest Elliot Brown actually talked about this the other day. I don't remember what the question was when we talked to him yesterday, I guess it was, but he was talking about how the three, three, five, the biggest adjustment has been for the linebackers because there's only three of them. So their responsibilities are a little different uh, for the defensive backs. They they're still basically doing the same thing they had been doing, especially since they'd been playing so much five defensive back sub package stuff in years prior. So, but yeah, I think it's it, it, it'd be interesting. I think it might be a way to get the linebackers more more involved, maybe generate more of a pass rush with guys like Brown and Noah Taylor coming off of the edge because obviously that's been a big issue for them without the sacks on, on, uh, on Friday night. There hasn't been that pressure to maybe put the quarterback in a bad situation and force a bad throw and force a turnover, force an interception. So... They're just they're, they're just has I don't know if the 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 uh, the defensive line hasn't consistently been generating much pressure. There's there, there's not a whole lot there's not a whole lot going on for this defense right now. So, I mean, I think the point that yeah, like when they switched to the three three five, they did it as soon as, as soon as I, I jumped on the show here. Whenever you first brought it to my attention, uh, the my immediate thought was, oh, they're doing this to, to counter Carolina. This is being done with Carolina in mind. And then, you, then obviously we saw how, how badly that went in Chapel Hill a couple of weeks ago. But it's, I mean, this, this staff put a lot of research, a lot of work, did a lot of homework to try to figure out what would make the most sense. And this is what they came down to. And for them to, for it to blow up so badly as it has these last couple of games, it, I wouldn't be surprised if they at least – got even more hybrid about it and maybe bounce back and forth depending on down and distance and the situation, the scores, other things like that. But I don't think they're going to sit still and, and allow things to continue to, to trend the way they are. I think especially given these extra days after the Miami game, they will absolutely get back to work and try to figure out what they can do. And I wouldn't be the least a bit surprised if there, we start to see a little bit more of the three, four element, at least in spots and situations, because yeah, to your point, I think it would be easy to plug some of these veteran guys back into essentially their old spots. Um, and I don't think the learning curve would be as terribly severe as if they were trying to go the other direction right now. Yeah. Ferber, the the secondary, to Damon's point, you know, a lot of the, the guys in front of them are doing different stuff, but the secondary in large part is doing a lot of what they've done. The problem is that's the one place where there actually are, you know, some new faces. You know, Johnson seems to have clicked pretty well. Um, I'm curious if they go back to a 3-4 um, and it's actually a traditional sort of 3-4 and they're not just playing that nickel um, kind of kind of look of what that means for the cornerbacks in general. Um, but overall, where do you, what, do you, what are your thoughts right now on the secondary? And um, are we at a point where you want to start seeing, not to, maybe not just in the secondary, but overall in the defense, you want to start seeing some, some new faces, some new names, doing some, some different stuff? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they've been so reliant on the same group of guys for like three years that it's hard to kind of know what's behind them. But, I mean, Josh Hayes did get in the game at the end of the awake game, so it'll be interesting to see if maybe he gets an increased role coming into this week and beyond. Um, yeah, I mean, 
I don't think they were necessarily like a huge problem in the weight game. Like they didn't play well, but I thought the issues that they had were more like play recognition and then wake just putting them in a bad spot. Like if they ran more zone wake exploited it, that first touchdown. I mean, I saw the PFF tweet where like there wasn't even a, a defender in the frame when he caught yeah. the touchdown. Cause, cause they ran like a single high safety look with, and so that no one's protecting the pylons and they just ran her out there um, and across the other side as well. The play that is the worst, I think, for the secondary, and and Dave actually said it when it happened, and it's really funny, is that Wake scored a touchdown on a play where the quarterback was at wide receiver, and if any defense should know about those types of plays, it should be this one who <laughs> sees them all point. day long every yeah, day. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, and they still got they still gave up a wide open touchdown. Um, yeah, I mean, I think some of that stuff needs to be tightened up, but I think a lot of that was like UVA was a step slow to everything. Dave kind of mentioned before you know, Wake would use tempo and spots and it really put them off balance. And there was a lot of guys like looking around at each other about what they should be doing. And I think UVA's coaches just weren't able to counter what Wake was doing. And Wake just sometimes, you know, you're as a play caller, you're just feeling it and everything you're doing is clicking. And I think that's kind of what Wake was doing in this one. I mean, the problem against North Carolina was more speed where it was like they were just getting guys running by them. Um, you're not going to see that in a lot of games. I mean, you probably see it a little bit this week, Thursday. Um, you know, guys with elite traits, but um, yeah, I mean, I think that whatever they do up front is a bigger problem than what's in the back right now. Um, just because, like, I'm I, I'm just gonna keep saying it. Like, if you can't create pressure, if you can't make a quarterback make a mistake, if you can't force negative plays, this defense just isn't gonna work. Like, they don't have the guys in the secondary, or to this point, I haven't seen it um, to make me think they can cover four, five, six, seven seconds late you know, down the field. Like they just haven't. And few secondaries do, right? Like Brandon Armstrong, a lot of his passing yards this year because he's had a clean pocket. And when he didn't, yeah. they scored 17 points. Yeah. So, I mean, you kind of like, that's why I kind of think, I don't know if you can do it on a short week, but they kind of need to get, I want to get back to the three, four, because I think the coaches know how to dial up pressure from the three, four, um, or at least can get back to the basics of like what a blitz looks like. Whereas with the three, three, five, they're just not getting any pressure. I don't even know if they're really trying. And then like you got Noah Taylor is supposed to be the best player on the defense. And he just feels like he's like playing out of position. He um, does. And I, I want to drill like he's into not that creating any chaos. Yeah. Like I, I, that's, what's been really interesting is that you would think, I mean, I understand that the three, three, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're, when you don't have as many options up front, right. That's going to change things a little bit, but, and, and I also understand too, for those of you who are screaming at your phones or car radios or whatever, like, yeah, there's Charles Snowden is not there, right? I get that. So it's it's a very different reality when you don't have to when a when a when a uh, offensive line doesn't have to um, scheme up. You know, okay, they've got both of these dudes coming at us. But I just feel like, you know, I, I Noah. I don't know if it's an injury thing. I don't. I, he just doesn't look like the same guy that we've become accustomed to seeing. Um, he's certainly not playing as free, right? I think that 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 was that's obvious to me. Um, you know, so I, I I don't know, you know, it, it's interesting. Like last year it was Snowden they had to get going, right? And then once he got going, things sort of turned around. That he's a big reason why they won that Carolina game last year, right? You know, the defense would be in a markedly better position if Noah was able to sort of generate a lot of the production that he's generated in the past. I understand that a lot of that production is predicated on scheme and matchups elsewhere. So I'm not trying to just like, you know, gloss over that. But the defense needs playmakers. And right now, it's just they're a bunch of guys on the field. Um, yeah. 
you know, and they're not, they're not, they're standing you know, in the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, like there have been a handful of plays, you know, Cypress had a big interception against Carolina. Um, you know, Devontae Cross could have had one, you know, against Wake. Um, you know, they're just, they, they're, they've got to make more plays. Simple as that. And now I don't yeah. know if that, if, if, you know, you know, it's hard to know how much, you know, Bronco has or has not taken over. Uh, I know Dave was pretty adamant that he thought, at least for portions of the weight game, that the Bronco was calling the defense. There was one um, series he looked like he yeah. kind of took over. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing to me is like, look, I, I know we're all prisoner of the moments. We're, we're discussing the Wake Forest game, but, you know, as we've talked about before, like, you know, since Bryce Hall got hurt, Virginia's played 22 games. They've given up 30 points 12 times. Now, they've won some of those games, but. To me, like the difference between this year's defense, which we can just say they've given up more than 40 twice because Wake could have scored 50 easy. Um, the difference between this year's defense to me and what we saw last year and at the end of 2019 is what Justin was just alluding to. It's like if you're going to be bad, at least cause some havoc, you know, <laughs> at least create a turnover here and there so that your offense can get a short field to score on so you can keep up. Yeah, all you but need this, to do is this steal this like two getting, possessions. Just steal yeah. like two possessions a game. Well, think about the Carolina game. Carolina's absolutely boat racing us till the interception. And then, boom, Virginia's in the lead at the half because they created an extra possession. So, to me, like, forcing turnovers may be the way to do it. I just don't know. Like, it's tough. Like, I think if this team tries to cause havoc, especially out of the 3-3-5 look, which I was excited about preseason and obviously should, um, should offer my apologies for being excited about that look. If they, if they can't create pressure... Um, you know, if, if causing them to create pressure gives up more big plays, I don't know that that's a bad thing. Um, I don't know if it's any worse to give up a 70 yard touchdown or it is to give up a 12 play drive over seven, you know, over seven. <laughs> yeah, at, least, yards. Well, at least you have more time and you're not as tired. That's yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah. Give up one 70 yard pass or three passes that equals 70 yards. You know what I mean? But, or one pass, yeah, one run, me the, one pass, you know, to, to me, the bottom line is, is in a, in a, in a program with, the earn not given culture. It's time for some questions to be asked about where the defense has been for the last two years, basically. Um, and that can't be addressed in a six day week. And it probably can't be addressed in the non day week. But if you think about the offense and the, as the reason the offense is good is because they hit on recruits. It feels like we've missed on a lot of defensive recruits. Um, All right. And some on, of them real, we real, quick, real quick on that point. I actually don't think they have. I think there's just a lot of dudes who haven't seen the field. You know, maybe like, I mean, if that's the case, then why are, why are we not? Seeing well, that's it? a great. No, that's no, that's the, that, that's the question. Right. Because yeah, on offense, we okay, talk about Dr. Bob, right. Being hard to <laughs> hard to please. Like we're seeing young guys get ch chances on offense. Why are we seeing it on defense? OK, but 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 offense sort of lends itself right to having more options. You're going to run in a bunch of receivers. You got to run to running backs. Right. A lot of your pieces on offense, even though it doesn't feel that way, stay the same. Your quarterback, your offensive lineman, you might, you know, but that's seven dudes right off the top you know, between them and your tight end, you know, that are going to be the same guys, right? And so if you look at receivers, it just feels like there's more playmakers because the, the offense sort of is predicated on that. Defensively, you might what? You might rotate a linebacker here, a defensive lineman there, maybe a DB, but realistically, it's just those dudes, right? Right now, they've got a whole bunch of super seniors <laughs> who came back, right? Yeah. And and for, you know, whether whether those guys are the right options for right now or not, that's up to a coaching staff that right now has – a whole bunch of questions they have to answer. And uh, look, I'm like you last year's defense, this year's defense, basically the season before that for about half the year, right? 
Like, I remember Ferber went back and broke down the numbers. I mean, from that Carolina game on, they were just a completely different animal. Um, that was like when the offense suddenly started carrying the team and the defense fell off. I was down on the um, on the field talking to a former player um, last week, and the, 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 the gist of it was is, like, we're not used to seeing defenses, you know, that look like this, you know? And you know even when the, even when virginia's had rough teams they could they could get stops right like a lot of times it was because the offense couldn't score points but the defense historically has not been the problem and so i feel like whether it's this weekend or at, or excuse me this week or after you know something's got to give right something you know something has to move because what they've been putting out there has just you know has not been getting it done for a variety of reasons and um speaking of this week let's talk about miami um Anybody, anybody here feel really comfortable thinking UVA is going to win this game? And, and I'm, I'm framing this on purpose this way. I'm just curious. What, what's our before we get to picks later? What's our general feeling? Um, because I am definitely a, I'm Missouri right now. Like they're gonna have to show it to me. Um, what do you guys? What's your general vibe about this game? Let's start with uh, Damon. What's your general sense of this matchup? Yeah, I kind of said it earlier. At this point, they've kind of lost the benefit of the doubt. And like you said, they have to prove it until they do prove it, especially defensively. Uh, I certainly, I, I mean, I, I, Miami is flawed too, and Miami has its issues, but I don't know. I, there, there's, I, can't, I am not confident in saying, oh, yeah, UVA's going to roll in this game by any stretch. Uh, they could win it for sure, and I know we're going to get into that later, but my confidence level is not terribly high at the moment. Ferber, what about you? Yeah, I mean, not too different. Um, Miami obviously has like sort of the quarterback situation that could change the game, really. If UVA wins without King playing, that'll be three wins against three backup quarterbacks. Um, but yeah, I think they still winnable. count, though, right? <laughs> yeah, they still they still count absolutely. Um, winnable, but there's a lot going against UVA right now. If you, if you consider momentum, um, and then also just they're they haven't been good on the road. They really haven't been good on offense against Miami in general, um, in the last however many years. So, um, I, I'm not going to be picking them. I wouldn't be shocked if, if UVA won the game, but I think that'll have a lot more to do with Miami kind of like making a bunch of mistakes than anything else. What about you, Dave? Yeah, yeah. Same. I mean, the way you, the wavered. Virginia would probably have to win right now is offense, and you're going against Miami, who Virginia's only, I think, the highest, the most we've scored on Miami under Bronco is 28, and that was in a loss with Benkert at quarterback. Like, it's been like 9, 14, six, even the win, and we only scored 16 points. Um, so, yeah, like, this is a game where typically the defense keeps us in it because um, we can't score on them. So, that doesn't give me a whole lot of confidence. And the defense, like, played their best game of the year probably last year down there. Um, oh yeah, 100%. it kind of it was for it was wasted because they couldn't score any points. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, like yeah, they they ran and they hadn't been. It's not completely like this year, but they were having a lot of struggles on defense last year at the beginning of the year too. And then they kind of had that game where they turned it around. But and their defense was never really good last year. It just wasn't giving. It, they forced punts like every once in a while. Maybe Perry <laughs> Jones will come back and throw a touchdown pass. <laughs> yeah. Um. From from the Virginia side, from a schematic point of view, um, Damon, let's go back to you. What do you feel like UVA has to do in this game? Is it more about the offense has to be clean? Do you feel like it's uh, the defense? You know, obviously, you know, make somebody punt would be great. Um, yeah. What's 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 your general um, 
Like if Virginia's going to win this thing, what's it look like? I think I know we've we've been beating this drum since we started here tonight, but I really think the defense needs to figure out a way to cause some problems. I mean, negative plays. It's not it's not just a matter of getting off the field on third down. If you have a negative play on first down, then it's like second and long, and it's that much harder on the defense. But third long, there had deep. If you go back and you look at the numbers, Wake and Carolina didn't even face a lot of third and longs. It, it was all like third and five, third and six, and, and and that's that's a recipe for getting first downs, and that's what those offenses have been able to do. UVA, especially if it's not King at quarterback, if it's the two young quarterbacks. Throw everything at those guys. This is new to both of those guys. One of them's a redshirt freshman. The other one's a true freshman. And it's a short week for them too. It's a short week for them too. Absolutely. Throw everything at those guys and, and make them beat you. And if they make the plays when you're throwing everything at them, then that's a credit to them. But this, this really seems to me like this is an opportunity where you do just, uh, if, if, if there's a chance, if, if it's in the playbook to go after guy, get after guys, get after quarterbacks this is the week to me to dust that part of the playbook off that they we haven't seen these last couple of weeks because you start setting this again these are redshirt freshman and true freshman quarterback in a third and 13 in a in a second and 12 that's putting a lot of pressure on those guys and and that's what the i know they face veteran quarterbacks these last two weeks but they're also been veteran quarterbacks who haven't been under a whole lot of duress and that needs to change to Damon's point about third down, the average third down distance to go for North Carolina was uh, six yards. Uh, they were in third and long, which is defined as nine plus one time. They were in third and short um, four times. Excuse me, three times, my bad. Um, and then Wake, average distance to go was five and a half. Um, they were only in third and long, which is, again, nine plus uh, three times. They're third and short of their 15 third downs, there were seven of them worth. Yeah, I was going to say, yards. It, it felt they like even every third on down was, yeah. it felt like third down was like third and one, third and two every single time. And it was like, well, you know, they're not getting off the field here. Like, yeah, Virginia stopped him on third and one, like at the five and then gave up the fourth down. And then they got so, the fourth down conversion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, go ahead, Dave. No, I was going to say, I mean, I think they hit everything. I, to me, like, you know, it, after kind of crapping on the defense for, an hour or whatever we've been here. Like, I mean, they did play Sam Howell and Sam Hartman. They're very good quarterbacks. We made some very great throws. Now, Sam had some big open windows, but Hartman put some balls in some tight spots Saturday night. And to me, the, the what you have to do, whether it's King or the one of the freshmen um, or, or one of the backups, I think you just got to be confusing. Like, even if you're just playing a vanilla defense, make it look confusing pre-snap. Um, King is an electric runner, but He's not a super accurate passer. So, like, if they can just keep the windows tight, like, I would almost play zone, keep my eyes on the quarterback, show him some different stuff, but kind of settle back in the boring stuff. So, so I got the field covered. Um, but yeah, and then the offense, I think, you know, I think you got to hopefully, if they learn anything, offense, offense to me played an okay game. They just had some red zone attempts they squandered. And I think they, um, those sacks, I was worried about the sacks till I did the rewatch. Like most of those sacks were four and five seconds after the snap. Um, just trying to make deep shots. Like you're not going to be able to do that against Miami. So they're going to have to figure out a way to get that intermediate game working. I feel like for me, looking at this game, so much of this is about UVA's offense. I, I feel like one of the things 
you know, we talk about this a lot with basketball, right? That UVA gets its energy from its defense. And then one of the things about the 2019 team was that it got its energy from its offense. This is a different Bronco team, right? Like this team is clearly going to get its energy from its offense. That's going to be the way it goes. Um, Even against Carolina, um, because, you know, Virginia's offense, excuse me, defense was just, you know, just struggling so hard. Um, You never got the sense that the defense was really able to, to harness the momentum the offense was trying to give them. This past week, man, I, I mean, nobody really was really apt. You know, money was really up for that. Um, but I feel like if Virginia's going to win the game, it's going to be because the offense puts up some points, the defense is able to get a few stops, and that sort of buoys them, right? They're not going to get a lot of them, um, even regardless of who the quarterback is, right? That talent, I think, you know, there's there's a – it's so cliche at this point, right? Like, oh – you know, got all the athletes, but you know, historically speaking, they're, they're you know, this is one of those times where the cliche is true, right? Like they they do. Like Miami has a lot of dudes. They might not necessarily be experienced guys, right? And it might not necessarily, um, you know, be consistent week to week to week. But their their high water mark is pretty good, right? When they can get it together. So I think Virginia's going to have to score points. I don't know, you know, what what else you can expect from Brennan, but he's clearly, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Um, and it's a, it's a real shame that like they're two and two right now because he, he deserves the, the attention that, that he should be getting right. Like think back to when he was a recruit and he flipped, right. We were, you know, we all thought like, Oh, that's a really good, you know, pickup for them. But did anybody think he was going to be out here leading the country in passing yardage? Like I knew he had a good arm and I knew he was an an accurate kid, but I expected him to be like a perfect system fit. I didn't think. He's going to be out here just slinging the thing all over the place. Um, so for me, it's I, I think it's about Virginia's offense. Like, you know, they got to get off, you know, to a good start. They got to stay that way consistently. I feel like they've got to not just hit big plays, but they got to have good, you know, drives. I think that's one of the things about, you know, it's one of the I guess the gift and the curse of a good offense is sometimes your defense is not off the field very long. Um, it would be great if they could string together some, you know, eight nine play drives. Um, and give the defense a chance to be in, you know, to, to basically to give them a chance to be as good as they can be. Again, they're not going to consistently be able to keep teams off um, the field. They're not going to be able to, you know, win that many third downs, but they should be able to win some, and you got to capitalize on them. It's almost like, again, I hate to make the basketball analogy, but we talk a lot on the basketball side, right, about the efficiency piece, right, that because you don't get many possessions, right, your offense has to be efficient, right? Your defense is, is going to you're, you're going to be able to count on it, but your offense has to be efficient and score points, you know, when you have the opportunities. The way I see that here is, is that Virginia's offense, you know, is not going to get many opportunities where the other the other offense has been taken off the field. And when that happens, they've got they've got to make hay out of it. They have to do that. Um, otherwise, it's just going to be another long painful painful night and speaking of let's get to our picks uh dave let's start with you uh, in the preseason you had miami winning this thing you do that weird thing again where you give virginia score first 28 to 19 um yeah. my guess is is that you're still gonna have the canes winning it what's your margin <laughs> i'm gonna keep it there just because i don't know who's playing quarterback for miami and this is the only time i don't change the score <laughs> like I like I think it's a, a a big hill to climb to take a six day week and we call it six days but they're gonna have to leave tomorrow basically and I don't, they're not traveling game day I assume um, maybe they are but yeah they're going yeah. tomorrow afternoon okay yeah so I mean they're gonna have a walkthrough I guess somewhere in Miami Saturday Thursday morning and then sit around the hotel all day um, 
like I think it's just too much of an ask to to take what I've seen the last two weeks and change it, especially knowing we've had some you know some guys dinged up and um you know hopefully Broncos not going through anything bad on the personal side. Um, but yeah, I mean obviously all that stuff adds up. And look, Miami's we like to joke on Miami, but they <laughs> they've got talent. Um, so if the only thing I could ask if Virginia wins the toss, take the ball first, like score first, put a little pressure on Miami. Um, but yeah, it, it, look, I wouldn't be shocked if Virginia wins it because the offense is good enough where if they get rolling and the defense can just create a turnover or two, that might be all it takes. But, um, yeah, I'm not expecting it. Yeah. Hoping, but not expecting. All right. Damon, in the preseason, you had Miami winning this thing 27 to 13 after your triumphant pick, uh, last week. Um, you sticking with the, the canes in this one? Yeah, I think so. Although the, the whole question about the quarterback situation and like I talked about earlier, just what that may open up when you're talking about going against a pair of inexperienced quarterbacks, potentially like Miami could have if King doesn't play. Um, but I think I, what was that score? 27, 13. I think yeah, that's score what you than, yeah. yeah, I think they'll score more than 13. I'm pretty confident in that one. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 34, 31 Miami wins this one. Um, I just like, I, I, until they prove otherwise to me, as I've been saying all night, I I'm kind of at the point where I can't give them the benefit of the doubt at anymore. So we'll see maybe this, this, yeah, there are a lot of things that are not on, on their side in this game. Uh, Miami has a lot of speed and, they're going to try to get the ball to that speed. Now, defensively, UVA, there's probably op- plenty of opportunities for UVA's passing game to to put up more points, to put up more big plays this week. So we'll see. I don't know. I think it's been alluded to and mentioned a few times, but it'll be interesting just to see what it looks like if they're not playing, trying to climb out of a big hole offensively. If we do actually see more of the running game get involved, and maybe if they are able to get off to a faster start and get some early points and – and, and keep this one closer at the very least or get out to an early lead even, which they haven't led since the first couple of minutes of the second half of Carolina either. Mm. So, I mean, yeah. But anyway, long story short, I'm going to go with Miami 34-31. And I don't know. I think this is this will be – I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if this one came down to the last few minutes, but I think we all said the same thing about Wake Forest last week too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Ferber, in the preseason, you had Miami win this thing 27-17. What say you now? Yeah, I think that's pretty close. Um, I'm going to add a few more points, but uh, the quarterback thing really does make this game – there's just more potential outcomes. Um, Those guys could be just as good as De'Ara King and Miami rolls. De'Ara King could play, and then they win easily. Um, those guys could be average and it's really close, or those guys could be terrible and UVA wins by 14 points. Um, like all those things are possible. I'm going to go with Miami doing enough to win 31, 21. Um, I I think that they will probably put a lot of pressure on UVA to do something on the ground. Um, and we'll see if they're willing to do that or enable, I guess I should say. Um, and, and on defense, like, just show me something, you know, like do something different, may create turnovers, blitz more. I don't know what it is, but the status quo is, is it's not only not working. It's so vanilla 
that teams can teams don't have to like try that hard to exploit it. I don't think. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to go Miami 31, 21. Um, but none, uh, no outcome really would surprise me in this game, to be honest with you with the potential backup quarterback situation. And I think if King plays Miami wins pretty easily. The way that uh, Ferber just described that was like Schrodinger's night game, right? He's like, well, this could happen. This could happen. Basically they're all happening at once. I also thought of when you were like, just do something that, that meme where it's like the stick figures, Stabbing some of the stick is like move. Um, I, I thought you were going to say the one of the, of uh, Martin Luther King that Florida State did, where he's wearing no, the Florida no, State gloves no. and it said, "Do something." Do something. No. Um, yeah, we we should not talk about that very often. That was terrible. Um, okay, in the preseason, I had this thing thirty three twenty three Virginia, and I'm going to flip it. I don't think I, I don't. I very rarely ever do this. I'm going to flip it and leave the score. Um, again, I. Can Virginia win this game? Absolutely, especially if De'Aaron King doesn't play. Um, you know, one of the fun parts about, you know, okay, let's say that they they do do some different stuff defensively and you throw, you know, those young quarterbacks out there. You know, Broncos kind of, you know, pretty good at, like, making younger quarterbacks struggle, right? Usually it's the it's the guys he can't make struggle who, who end up, you know, hurting them pretty bad. But, um, I mean, there's certainly some reasons why UVA could win this game. I, I, like I, you know, I said it earlier, you know, I'm like Missouri. And then Ferber said it, and then Damon said it. Um, I think we're all sort of on the same page, which is like, these things can happen, but pecking them to happen right now is some, seems somewhat foolish. Um, especially, you know, the, this entire season, the narrative has just completely shifted. I mean, man, after that Illinois game, you know, I understand it was just Illinois. I'm not, I wasn't thinking, like, they were going to go beat Bama or nothing. But I thought that, like, I knew what the team was. And in the last two games, I have not just flipped in terms of what that might mean, but now I'm pretty sure I know what the team is again. So maybe they've got another um, changeup on there, uh, you know, up their sleeve. But, yeah, I, I just – until it until they until they can come out and the defense can get stops – you know, give the opportunity to the give the offense an opportunity to 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 sort of make a lead, build a lead, give them some some breathing room, um, maybe create some chaos. You know, it's hard to it's hard to pick it. All right, I think that's a good place to put a pin in it. If you are somebody who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. And you, if you hung in through all of that, considering what the two weeks, last two weeks have been, we really appreciate that. If you don't mind, you can look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, Google Podcasts, wherever it is that you get your shows, we should be there. And if not, let us know. Uh, we would like to be there. Um, now, if you're somebody who found the pod, has not given us a look at the website yet, check us out at CavsCorner.com. Let's see. The Take Two is up. We got... Um, you know, stuff with Bronco. We got stuff with, um, we got the uh, PFF. We got, uh, I know that Damon uh, at least did some stuff with Gary Furman down from Miami site. Damon, are you planning to do that as like a, another video thing before the game? Yeah, that, that'll be, uh, I guess we'll do that tomorrow afternoon cool. or yeah. Yeah. What's Gary's today? an, Gary's yeah. an interesting cat, huh? He's an interesting dude. Um, he's, he, he, he's pretty insightful though. He, he's he threw some pretty, uh, curveball questions at me yeah he's a he's also a very uh he's a very tan individual but i guess that's what happens when you live when you live in south beach so yeah give us a look at cavscorner.com and uh we would greatly appreciate that as well uh i want to say thank you again to myperfectfranchise.net for their support of Cavs corner and of the podcast you can visit myperfectfranchise.net for more information on how you can find freedom in your next venture and discover the perfect franchise for you all right So I guess here we are once more into the breach. We'll see what happens Thursday night. We'll be back next week. 
to discuss it with you with you with, with you with you um again i want to thank everybody out there for supporting the show i want to thank dave ferber and damon for giving graciously their time as always appreciate everything that they do so for david spence justin ferber and damon dillman i'm brad franklin publisher of catscorner.com thanks for coming out see you soon